try to tell people that trust Christ, I don't want to scare them, but I tell them that at this very moment, when you called on Christ and you truly trusted him as your Savior, then you, you, have, you have stepped across the line now that Satan does not like, and he's going to do everything he can to uh, keep you from being what you ought to be. And uh, he, he will try to destroy your life and destroy your family. And so often we see that with new believers. You can watch it over and over where Satan really goes after them, attacking their families and uh, trying to destroy them. And so it's our job, and my job, mainly a big part of my calling, is to teach you the Word of God so that we're not you know, swaying back and forth in the, in the different fads that come and, and guarding against those things that, that can uh, easily persuade people and, and take them down a path that they shouldn't go. And uh, so that's what we ought to be doing, so that we're no more children tossed to and fro, as it says in, in uh, verse 14. <coughs> and then he goes into verse 15 where we're at, we're probably just going to look at verses 15 and 16, and then because 17 through the rest of the chapter uh, deals with the practical application of uh, more so of living, and, and we'll deal with that in the, in the proper lifestyle, uh, we'll deal with that later. So, but 15, it says then, but speaking the truth in love. You know, I, I, I've been helping the church a little bit trying to uh, find a pastor not not much i mean i but they have uh, sent me a questionnaire some resumes different things of you know guys that are looking at the church and and uh this goes along with what we were just talking about in the in the prayers that um there's uh there's that 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 calvinistic movement that is out there and I don't know. I mean, I know this is public. I know it's on Facebook or all of that. And and if they watch it, you know, I hope they can pay attention. But I, I don't know why somebody that says they're a five-point Calvinist won't just come out and say, I'm a five-point Calvinist. Why don't you just tell me? Just say that you are. I, if it's biblical and it's right, what are you ashamed of? What, why are you afraid to just say, this is what I am? But they don't, and and they they beat around the bush, and they 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 speak in I don't know political terms, and they they try to um, I I don't know they they try to confuse you in their answers that they uh, they give, and y you guys know me well enough. I'm not going to be that. We don't need to be that. We need to lay it out and. An ace is an ace, you know, a spade is a spade, and black is black, white is white, and, and that's the way it is. Don't don't hide it. And that that ought to tell you something, that if you're ever dealing with Calvinism, that they don't want to tell you that they're Calvinists. Why not? Just say it, you know, and, and wear it proudly. And if you're not, you know, it's just like the Mormons, you know. The, the Mormons will try to deceive you and say, oh, we believe in Jesus. No, you don't. Not the Jesus of the Bible. You, you believe that Jesus is a, is a created being. You, you believe that he's a small God. You don't believe that he's God Almighty. You definitely don't believe he's part of the Trinity. He, you don't believe that he's the Jesus of the Bible. So don't tell me that you believe in Jesus. You believe in a Jesus, but you don't believe in our Jesus. And 
You know, don't don't try to hide things. Just lay it out. This is what you are. This is what you ought to be. And and I think that part of that is, and speaking the truth in love, then, you know, I, I guess I need to be easy how I approach things, but there are some things I have, I have never, ever, ever seen Calvinism grow a church. I have never, ever seen Calvinism healthy in a church. I've never, ever seen Calvinism do anything other than split a church or kill a church. That is all that I've seen. And if you have guys that tell you that, you know, they come to you and they say, hey, you need to read this book, or I want you to read this book. You know what? Read this book. You know, read, read this book, and then if you have a little bit of time, maybe you can read some other books, but be careful because you, you are who you run with, but you also, you are who you read. And we all, we just, and you are who you watch. I mean, you just... Be careful of the company that you keep. And, and you know, I, I, just, I just can't stand people that are deceiving as they are. And what does it say in verse 14? Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Now, they'll tell you that they're genuine and they want to see people grow, but uh, how can you? Anyway, I don't, I don't need to go into it. My God is a bigger God than, than saying that, I only died for these chosen people, and the rest of these people are going to hell. That's just not God. That isn't what the Bible says. God said that he died for the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Well, the world is only the chosen. No, it's not. It's never said that. It's never meant that. The world means the world. The world means everyone. The world means from Adam and Eve all the way to the last person that dies. Jesus Christ died for them, and God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come under repentance to God, every one of them. And, and here we have this, 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 this arrogant kind of attitude that, well, I'm part of the chosen. Well, you, you know what? Anybody that trusts Christ is part of the chosen, but it was their choice to make, and it's the free will that is made that, They need to choose and trust Jesus Christ, realizing who they are, realizing who Jesus is, repent of those things, and trust Jesus. And it's just an ungodly doctrine, and I have seen friends fall into that. I've I've watched churches, I have watched churches close because of Calvinism. Completely shut their doors. I don't like it, don't want any part of it. Don't want a Calvinist here. If they're going to be here, they're not going to say a word. If I catch them saying a word, we're going to put duct tape on their mouth. <laughs> we'll love them, but you're not going to say anything. <clears throat> I just, I, I find it sad that we put God in such a box, and, and, they, and they want to, to, and the ones that I've, that I've dealt with all think of themselves at a higher intellectual level than everybody else, and you just can't understand their way of thinking. No, I can't, because it's not biblical. And the Holy Spirit can take somebody with a third-grade education and teach them exactly what they need without some commentary telling them how they ought to think. And so be careful. Just be careful with with who you listen to. And John MacArthur is a five-point Calvinist. Everybody praises John MacArthur. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's fun to listen to. I mean, he's pleasant to listen to. But the guy is, is whacked on Calvinism, and he's wrong on that. 
He's wrong on the blood. He, he wrote in his book, in, in, in his commentary in Hebrews, I have it in my office, where it wasn't the necessity of blood to be shed. It was just the death of Jesus that, that is, is what was uh, acceptable and needed for salvation. No, it wasn't. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That's, I mean, that's just Bible. That's all it is. And so it, it has to be the shedding of the precious blood of Christ that saves us. And, I, I mean, so, yeah, everybody listens to him. I know I can make all kinds of people mad on some of that. But I don't listen to the guy. I don't care to listen to the guy. I'm not going to listen to the guy. And so, uh, and, and I, have his, I have many of his commentaries that have been bought. And you can go see, they all have dust on them. And so I have John Calvin's commentaries too. They all have dust on them. And I, I don't need to read them to see where they stand. I already know where they stand. I don't need to listen to any more of it. I, I can uh, study it out for myself and make my own conclusions. And, and, uh, and I, anyway, and it's personal. You know, one of those churches that closed, I went to. I was a part of that. And I left, and years later, it got shut down because of that. And it's just, it's sickening to see things like that. So, anyway, we're moving on, but they, they do, they, we, we need to stop being gullible and think that everybody is, you know, hey, they say they're a believer, then they're all in it for your good, okay? Be careful with that. And so, that's why it's good to be in a, in a church family that you know them, and, and you know they're real, and you can be around them, and you watch them, you see they're genuine, you see that they're not perfect, but you see that they love you, they love each other, they love the Lord, they're doing what they ought to be doing, and trying their best to serve in the way that is right and good in God's eyes, well, you can be pretty safe around that, and that's why it's important to be a part of that, and stay away from the, the some of the trash that's being taught out there, and be careful with it. I mean, it, it is very dangerous, and, and can... Uh, ruin your testimony. But here, so what do we do? Well, we speak the truth in love. We, we need to, uh, it's a contrast to being tossed to and fro and following after the deceivers. And, and the deceivers, you know, they're, they're trying to make things sound good that aren't and, and, and here. But we need to speak truthfully. We need to act truthfully. We need to, uh, and, and, and even here, Paul is including himself that we need to continuously be speaking the truth in love, his love. John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And so, you know what? We need to keep the unity. How do we keep the unity? By not listening to those who are trying to deceive us and, and, and truly trying to listen to what God's Word says and listening to those who preach and teach the truth and do their best to just explain what the Word of God says and, and, and then we speak that truth and we do so in, in a love that, that God has given us and we learn as we study the Scripture then to keep the unity and be at peace with one another and make things work and... and Look to God to, to uh, uh, help you in, in wisdom and discernment in those things. And, and why? Because it says that may grow up into him in all things, 
it's a it's a comprehensive image of Christ where where we are we are showing Christ in all areas of our lives. I mean that people ought to be able to see Christ living through us. That's how God has chosen to 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 work in in this day and age is through his believers and people ought to be able to watch you for a while and see there is something different about this guy and and in their limited knowledge we'll start figuring out that it's probably he's, he's some kind of a religious person and then they can come to you and ask and you say well here it is it's not religion but it's Jesus and you can tell them how Jesus has changed your life and 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 uh, open the door for you to tell them but we need to to and and we can speak that truth in love to to one another and we ought to do that and so how important it is that we learn to apply these things uh, in our lives and, and be that comprehensive image of Jesus. And because it says, into him in all things. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 15 through 18. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Talking about the Jews, okay? He said they still have a veil over their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, when their heart turns to God and they, they look to trust him, then the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of of the Lord. He also wrote, Paul did in Galatians 4 and verse 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. You know, that was the goal that, that Paul wanted for all of them. And, and that's the goal that we want. It's the goal that that's why we're here. I mean, we're, we're not here to, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there are other things out there that could uh, distract our attention and take us away, but we're here to learn and, and to, to figure out what it is that God wants us to do so that people can see that Christ lives in us. And, and then it goes on, he says, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Well, Christ is the head, right? He's a source of life to his body. He has the ultimate authority. He has the ultimate leadership. He has the the controlling power in every person's life, and he's the head of all things. He, Paul wrote it here in Ephesians 1, in verse 22. He said, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 18, he says, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I, I'm telling you guys, as long as, as we are keeping Christ head of the church and we are seeking to do his will and be obedient to his word and, and live in a way that is honoring and pleasing to him, dealing with our sin daily, and do right. Just do right according to what God's word says and, and, and to the best of our knowledge what we know that it says, and we follow him by faith and obedience, we will find him to bless and guide and use us in a great way. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the trick. 
You know, preachers will ask you, well, you know, how's it going? You know, what are you doing? You know, what, 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 what do you think is the, the cause of the, the growth in your church? Jesus. I mean, we haven't done anything different in 26 years that we've just been doing the same thing. And God is blessing that and, and praise the Lord. And, and as he blesses that with more people, we do more things. We do more ministries and, and we do those ministries to get the word out. And reach more people. And uh, I mean, to have a vision to reach the community with, with the, the gospel of Christ. And God continues to bless that. And as long as he's pleased with that, then those are the things that we ought to do. And, and so, where is he going to stop in this community? I don't know. I hope he doesn't. I do. I, I, hope, that, I hope one day we see a congregation of 2,800 people. I'd love to see a, a tithe of this county. Why not? Why, do, why should we be settled with, satisfied with a half a percent or one percent of the community, of the county? Why can't we have a tenth? You know, God, give us a tithe. Give us half. Think about the influence you'd have in the, um, our governor would never come out this way. You know? Have a church of 14,000. He's like, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I, you know, we just need to, Keep telling people about Jesus, right? And, and loving him the way that we ought to. And then he says in, in verse 16, from whom? From Jesus Christ. The whole body. That's the, the whole body of believers. And, and guess what? That body of believers, there is, look, you're never going to find a universal church being taught in the scripture, okay? Roman Catholics will teach about a universal church. Well, there's no universal church. The, there is a local church. There's a body of believers, but those body of believers are represented all over the world through local churches. That's where the authority is at. That's where you have pastors. That's where you have deacons. That's where you have the ministries that reach into the community. That's where Jesus is ahead of that. Where does the universal church meet? Where, do they have a gathering every week? Do they, do they bury anybody? Do they marry anybody? Do they do anything other than just exist? I mean, you can't find the universal church being taught in the Scripture. You see that the body of believers then is represented through the, through the local churches that are all over. And so here, the whole body fitly joined together. And so we see here that you think of that, and you think of woodworker, and you think about how you put those joints together, and they fit just right, and they fit nice and tight, and, and that's exactly, uh, I, I don't know what God has for you guys, Strands, but God has something here for you, and, and you're going to fit right into that place where he wants to use you, and, and same way for everybody else. We find where God wants us, and that's where we go, and that's what we do, and, and that's how we let God use us, and, and, and how powerful is that, and and, he, and so he fitly joined together and, and compacted. And, and uh, uh, so here, held together. So it's the glue, right? It holds us all together by that which every joint supplieth to assist. And so how do you hold it together? By everybody doing and, and exercising their gifts in what, doing what God wants them to do and being just that, and it brings us all together and holds us all together by doing your part of whatever it is that God needs you to do 
in this church body. How powerful is that? And he does that according to the effectual working, his effectual working. And so whenever we think about the effectual working, that, that is the, the power. That's God's power. That, that's the operative power that God gives that we work together and, and we find God doing that in the measure of every part. And so uh, every part has a, has a function, maketh increase or grows of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Guess what? When we do what we're called to do and we perform that part of our job and, and our ministry and our service to God, it brings us together and it helps build the church. Not numerically, but spiritually and matures all of us as we continue to grow and God uses us that way. How good is that? I mean, and, and so how do you keep the unity? Well, just follow God and do what he tells you to do and be obedient to his word and he'll bring, he'll bring the unity and use us exactly how we, uh, we should be used and to make a greater impact on this community. So let's keep the unity and let's uh, continue to find God's blessings upon our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Pray your blessings tonight upon it. Pray you take us home safely now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.